It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Conduits of Trouble Time, Zolgad and Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins. And uh, Chipper, so your your thoughts on, I guess, what could be considered the surprise hire in many ways Ben Johnson will be the new uh, Gopher men's basketball coach replacing Richard Pitino. And as you wrote in uh, the Star Tribune on Wednesday, it's very obvious that there is one key reason for this. Keeping all of that home state talent here for the first time. Yeah, sorry about that, Judd. Yeah, I I was shocked. i got to be honest with you. Um, I thought for sure that they would get a sitting head coach right now because I know there are coaches out here out there uh, with, with, with ties to the state that would want the job and did want the job. Um, and I think they probably talked to those coaches, whether it's Craig Smith or Nico Medved or Dutcher. Or, um, I, you know, the Musselman thing I thought was, you know, good fodder realistically. I didn't think they were going to be able to afford it. And I'm not sure he's seeing where Arkansas is now. I'm not sure he's going to leave there. Um, he's got a good thing going. Um Porter Moser probably priced him out of the, you know, with what he's done. He's probably looking at a Indiana job or Marquette and going to make a lot of money. But so I, but I thought one of those second tier coaches, Craig Smith, you know, or Nico, I thought they would, that's where they would fall or land. Um, the thing we don't know is, well, I think we do know that this department is hurting for finances right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they dropped three sports and obviously the pandemic really, took a bite out of their revenues. And so, um, you know, I don't know what president Gable told Mark Cole in terms of, Hey, this is how much money you can spend. But, um, you know, hiring Ben Johnson, he's going to be the lowest paid big 10 coach. And so, and they didn't have to give him a, there was no buyout with that. And they basically, they let Richard Pitino interview for a job while he was still employed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Knowing that would help with the buyout. So, I mean, you can you know put two put two and two together there, um, in terms of they they save money on it. Now, Cole did come back yesterday and say, and did say because they're not spending you know what they're giving Patino, um, that that money is going to be redistributed into his assistant pool, which is which is good to hear. But um, but this comes down to what I wrote, kind of a long winded way of saying, this comes down to recruiting. Yes, one hundred percent recruiting and. You didn't have to read between the lines to see how bothered Mark Cole was about all the in-state kids going elsewhere. Um, if anyone has spent any time around Mark Cole, 
I spent a lot. All he talks about is recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. That's a big focus of his. And to see, you know, the number one knock on Patino was his in-state recruiting. And they go and hire a guy who is pretty well liked by high school coaches and AAU coaches who I talked to a lot of times. And they all said when he left, that was a huge blow for Patino's staff because they all had good connections with him. So uh, this hire is all about trying to capture the in-state recruits. Off that point, what should the expectation be now? Then, like, what's the fair? What's the fair immediate expectation of Ben Johnson in recruiting? Well, you know, if, if people think, "Well, we're going to get Jalen Suggs and Chet and Tyus Jones," that's not going to happen right away. The thing you have to do is get that next tier kids. That um, you know, the Dawson Garcias, the McKinley Wright, yes. Ben Carlson, the Will Cheddars. Those kids that were going to Wisconsin and Colorado and, you know, Will Chairs going to Michigan, but he would have come here if he had any kind of relationship, I think. Um, I think, you you know, you have to be able to keep – you're not going to keep all of them home, but you have to keep enough. Um, you know, you just can't get beat by, Mar- by Marquette for Dawson Garcia. It can't happen. And so – but the other thing is, too, Judd, I mean – they, you know, I think everybody likes Ben and he's a personable guy and he relates to, you know, both coaches and recruits, but you have to win too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, there has to be success on the court. Yes. For, there has to be, and I always said that with, like with PJ, you know, he can sell and sell and sell, but there has to be something that's tangible. And when they won at Wisconsin and got the ax, that's both things right there resonate. Now you can go with them and say, Hey, we won at Wisconsin or, you know, we beat Penn state and, we went to the Outback Bowl. Um, you have to have tangible proof that what you're doing is, you know, going to result in wins and success. And so it, it's got to be both, right? You, you got to have some success. Yeah, it's, it's sort of that chicken and egg, right? What what comes first? Do you get the recruits and then you have it, or do you have to have success and then show the recruits? Um, and you know, it, it's hard to, um, you know, it's hard to just sell a kid on a vision if if you don't have that success with it. But I think Ben will – the thing he will do, Judd, he will be present. He will put effort into it. Yes. And that was a knock on Patino when you hear people. These, like he just was so detached with recruiting in this state that um, they just felt like they didn't have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So when when we, we talk about a potential success or lack thereof on the court for Johnson, what is the concern about his lack of – of experience since he has not been a uh, head coach before and what should the concern be about the X's and O's? Cause I will say this. I think if you get the right assistants in college basketball and are willing to almost defer to them at times, that if you get that right, it could help you a lot out of the gate when it comes to potential deficiencies in the in-game coaching area. Yeah, I think it's fair to be skeptical because we just don't know. I mean, you don't. That's what I'm saying. If you hired a, you know, a coach who's even at a lower level, like a Craig Smith or, or Nico, they're you know, they're the Mountain West. There, there would be some questions like, okay, how do they, how are they going to translate to the, you know, a, a tougher league and a bigger level? Well, you know, Ben's going to be learning on the job in the Big Ten, going against yeah. Izzo and Greg Gard and, um, you know, all these coaches who've been around for a long time. Um, and so I don't know. I, I, I haven't, I mean, I don't think anybody can say, well, he's going to do this. Well, how do you know? You haven't seen it. You know, it's, it's totally different being an assistant coach and being a head coach when 
you're the one charged with, you know, making adjustments and, you know, calling timeouts and, and setting the right ten, uh, tone for your team. And, you know, when the, you, things are going bad, they're going to look to you, right? How are you going to handle it? And yep. so, um, I don't know. Well, we don't know. I mean, I, I know this is, you know, the, the Big Ten is a – we'll take away – push the NCAA tournament aside – Everybody showed in this. Thing, yeah, but, nice, nice outing by the Big Ten in the yeah, uh, NCAA yeah. tournament. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, they kind of laid an egg here. I mean, but it, but we know it's a tough conference with very good coaches, and you always hear that the scouting in the Big Ten is as good as anywhere in terms of like breaking down their opponent and knowing you know what they're going to do. Um, and so I do think I do think staff is going to be important. And I look at the model that what Michigan did with Juwan Howard. They they hired uh, Phil Martelli, the yeah. old St. Joe's. Yeah. Long He's time, damn good, coach. yes, and very good. Like if they could do something similar with Bennett, I don't know who that person is, but find like that, you know, fifty-five-year-old coach who's been a head is coach Thorson before. An option? Well, I think I think Dave Thorson? Thorson, but I don't know that he would be that guy because I mean, yeah, Dave's been a head coach in high school, but he hasn't been, you know, he's been assistant, you know, in college, and so. But Ben's done that, but I'm talking about maybe a, you know, a. I'd have Thorson run the defense maybe because he's, you know, um, he's really good at that and he'd be a great recruiter and, and people in the state really like him. Um, but even, even more so, you know, maybe not somebody that has ties to here, but just has been a head coach somewhere before that can be kind of that right-hand uh, voice or right-hand guy for him. So, Sounding board, um, yeah. But it, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he constructs his staff. And if, if Mark Cole is to, to believe there's going to be more money um, for the staff than there was previously. Hmm. So, because they're taking, I mean, he's paying, you know, well, Ben's making 1.9, Richard's at 5.4, or 2.4, so you're talking about 500,000. Yeah, That's not a big sum, but, it, you know, if you spread that around to a couple guys, it's, um, and you're not, you didn't have to pay a buyout. Um, so you should have more in the pool to, you know, attract, um, you know, quality staff. And so, you know, I know, I know fans are disappointed, Jeff, because I think people had stars in their eyes a little bit with Musselman or maybe one of the um, other head coaches. But this, to me, really, you know, it says two things: recruiting, but also that their their finances might be tight because I don't know that they were willing to or able to go pay a guy three and a half million dollars right now. Now, Chip, on the five-star, so on the five-star recruits that are from this state, this is my stance, okay? Because you're right. You are not going to especially right away get them all, and it's hard to get one of them. Uh, But here's the difference between what we've experienced now in the last, I don't know, 10 years as the blue-chip talent in this state has really gone off the charts and where I think it needs to be. Right now, if you have a guy like um, Trey Jones or Tyus Jones or Suggs, and it feels like this got worse, it almost became laughable. Like, they're not going to the University of Minnesota. You know, Suggs is like, what what are you talking about? Uh, The starting point for me is we need to get to a conversation where it's not laughable. Not saying you're going to, that Ben Johnson's going to land them all because he's not, Uh, but you at least need to be competitive. Like, it's ridiculous to me. And look, the Gonzaga program is fantastic, and Mark Few has taken that thing from Munson and ran with the ball, and he has developed a great program. That being said, I'm sorry, but when Gonzaga is now the destination and the Gophers are laughed at, a Big Ten team, the gap there needs to be closer. Not saying yeah. it's going to be closed, but it needs to be closer. 
And it would be interesting to see if you landed one of them, how that would change the dynamic, you know, you're right. Um, You know, if you, if you could beat a blue blood for a kid to stay home, if that would, you know, change the momentum in in recruiting or or the perception or narrative that, Hey, you know, that guy did it. Um, You know, even if they were one and done, you would take it, you know, because how college basketball is. Um, I would be happy with a one and done if I was a coach because you're getting a great player. But, um, yeah, it's, it's – you would like for it to be a realistic option and not one of those things where – and we've seen it time and time again. The kid keeps Minnesota on his final five list just so he doesn't have to take a lot of grief, right? Right. Like, Here's my final five: Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, you know, Gonzaga, and Minnesota. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you have four on your list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But but yeah, you would hope that they get to a spot where you know if you land one, great. But it, but that you're in the fight at least. Right. Um, Don't get laughed at. Know, yeah, and these are you know, like last night, Judd. I went to a game. I went to the Creighton uh, East Ridge game last night. Trey Holloman. Phenomenal point guard for uh, Creighton. Just an outstanding talent. I think Izzo really wants him bad. And, you know, he's going to have probably all the Big Ten teams and maybe, you know, who knows, maybe Duke or somebody. I don't, I don't know if he'll get to that level. But it, just a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see. So he's a junior, you know. Well, you know, Ben's behind, the, you know, he's behind in the race right now. Um, does he make him? You know, pause and think about Minnesota. I mean, is it, does he, you know, get in the, in the fight for him? Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he would be my number one target in this state for next year. I mean, I just think he's just dynamic. Um, but it'll be interesting. I think that's a good test case is, is you know, can he make up ground and, and, you know, give, you know, make Trey look at that program long and hard. Chipper, I'm upset. I'm I'm upset Uh-oh. today. I'm I'm mad. I, I'm hurt by this because I thought we were going to have a knockdown, drag out, um, grand debate on our hands, and we don't. And it's very simple. Here's why. I wanted Alex Kirilov to go to spring training and hit three ten. Okay. Yeah. And I know. and then I wanted him to be sent down so that we could say. That cheap poll ads. <laughs> baseball is screwed, which baseball is screwed. But yeah. you know, but for 15 days, so they, so he can't accrue a year of service time. Kirloff got screwed, and the Twins are screwing themselves because he could help in left field. But he was hitting one something, and I yeah. saw the move yesterday. And for the life of me, I couldn't get worked up about it. No, because he played himself off the roster. Yeah, hit. 280, buddy. Hit 280 and we'd have a great debate. I mean, these are things our jobs are made for these debates, right? So, so Judge, should I hit the lead on that column? <laughs> I'm just, but like I tried to write it up last night and I'm like, he played his way, you know, I, yeah, you, you like can't, argue, you can't, like you, I, you can argue it, but yeah, but it's but tough. It's, he didn't, he didn't give you much to argue on no. his behalf. You know what Let's he did? That. You told yeah. him to clean his room a week ago, and you said, you've got a week, Alex, to clean your room. But when yeah. I come back up here in a week, the room better be clean. And you got back upstairs, and he, like, picked up one pair of pants. Yeah, and, and you know, the more I think about it, too, Judd, is um, – I don't, I don't know if there's an excuse or what, but the fact that those guys didn't play a season last year – Oh, you it's, think that you, you yes. think that's really kind of yes. um, for hitters for sure delayed delayed their development a little bit. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Don't you? I think it's yeah, 100% think, right. Think, and you can do simulated games and all that, but yeah. I, you know, it's just not the same. Um, 
So no, this is not. You know, I'm sure some people will say that, but this is not this is not a cheap pull. I think this is the guy's not ready for it. He hadn't he hadn't earned it. You know, he has he didn't deserve that roster spot. And so, I mean, he'll be here at some point, right? Um, and the cool thing is, hey, drive five miles and go watch him if you want. Yeah, <laughs> it, Bobby, you it's know. weird though because they're they're not going to start till May fourth. Yeah, so he won't be so he won't be playing in games if he stays there. Until May, which is is the downside about this is it would it would be a lot easier to swallow if he was going to transition to the Saints and play games, say, let's say April 3rd. So they're just going to do workouts for a month, basically, over there, right? The, yeah, the, I think that's the plan. Guys or, I mean, or do they, or do they stay or in Florida? Training? I don't know. Yeah, I assume they'll stay in Florida so you get the weather. But, um, yep. but yeah, I mean, and who knows, maybe he gets – that season even starts in St. Paul. Um, but, yeah, it's – I mean, when you're hitting what he's hitting, you can't really argue on his behalf. And um, I don't think it's probably the worst thing for him, you know, because if he's struggling right now and you know when he if – he, if they said, all right, we're going to look past that, he's going to be our starting left fielder. If he's struggling now and starts feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders, if you you know if he carried that into the regular season, then you could get him all screwed up. So just let him go there and get you know get his timing down, get more bats away from the the lights, and uh, and then he, I'm sure he'll be up here sooner than later. And the one thing that I do think about this thing too is because the, the twins the twins aren't dumb people. Um, there's no way that when the CBA comes up, and there's probably going to be some type of work stoppage going into 2022 because it's up, I think, in December of this year, Chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way that they are going to come back from that with the service time rules being the same. Now, I don't no. know if Kirloff yeah. will be grandfathered into the previous system or or it'll all change for him as well. But, I mean, keep in mind, too, this rule is so stupid that it basically says – so I, I think a normal – big league season is classified as 187 days. And the rule right now says that you are stripped of a year of service time. If you're not on the roster for 15 of those days. So we're literally talking three weeks here. There, there is no way that the players association doesn't get that rule changed because who came up with this arbitrary 15 days? It's just stupid. That's what I was going to say. Like, why, why did they agree to that? I mean, I assume it's a, it's a concession, you know, that they get yeah, it's probably a concession they at the time. Something for day something, but it, 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 yeah, it just seems, you know, because then, then you just avoid the oh no, we're not sitting down for the state of the year, you know, we feel like he needs a, you know, or he has an injury or whatever. It's like. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. Chris Bryant got sent down because they, they they tried to, the Cubs at that time said he needs to work on his defense. <laughs> I mean, Chris Bryant. <laughs> I know, and it's like everybody's like, oh, okay, you know, we'll see you in three weeks. I mean, Boys, defense sure stinks. Yeah. I, um, the bad yeah. plays. Yeah, but it's, but it's, I would, I would hope that that silly rule goes away because it's, you know, it's just, it's silly, it's dumb, but, um, but 15 days, like if it's two months or something, I get that. And that's a decision yeah, then. Yeah. But 15, yeah, but, but this arbitrary 15 days of, of 187, I mean, you're right. I'm sure it was a concession, but it's just silliness. Yeah, and it, well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, because, I mean, I think everybody thinks there's going to be a stoppage, you know, what new things baseball will have when they come back and how it's going to look and kind of the mechanisms, you know, because I'm sure it's – I'm guessing it's going to be messy and protracted. Oh, know? it's good. we're going to have a work stoppage. 
First one since 94, but we're going to have it. Yeah. Well, both sides just have a fundamental distrust and dislike of each other. <laughs> well, it's so because... I don't, I don't know how you get past that, Judd, really, right now. Do you? No, and Chip, it comes down to one guy. I, I mean, there is, I there is yeah. no question in my mind, Manfred was given this job for this occasion. But Chad, do they not have a baseball guy that that could be the commissioner and handle all the complexities with the you know legal stuff and everything? I mean, do they need a guy who hates baseball being a commissioner? I mean, it's the same as Bettman was though. They basically what the owners want is the most important thing to them is a commissioner who will put his foot down and make them as much money as possible, and the game is secondary. So to us, it makes no sense. To yeah. them, it makes perfect sense, and that was the problem, or was the thing with Bettman, same type of thing. Like, I mean, Chip, look at the amount of work stoppages, including an entire lost season that Gary Bettman has has overseen, and I, I believe he is now in the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> I know. It, it's in, in... Does Adam Silver get booed at the NBA Finals? Or is he still? I don't I mean, think I so. You, no. I think people used to cheer for you. It was kind of, became kind of a running joke that they would boo Stern and then cheer Wildy when he came out for the second round at the draft. But um, I mean, I think he's. <laughs> you know, there's people that they're always going to be friction and animosity to some degree, but I think he's he well respected and liked by the players. Correct. Yes. Because he he allows them. Yes. You know. Uh, you know. Ability to speak out on on social issues and 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 different things, um, but even beyond that, uh, I think I think there was a pretty good relationship between the players and him. Whereas in you know the other sports, <laughs> the players and the commissioner just um, you know it's I just don't understand why they can't find like for baseball. I don't know if Manfred even likes baseball. You know, he's a, uh, he's a lawyer, man. He's a lawyer that's going to put his foot that, down. The 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 World Series trophy, the piece of metal, metal. or whatever he called yep. it. That's what he called it. And it is ugly. I'll give him that. Think that that was going to be okay. Get a new trophy. Get a new trophy. Uh, so I think the difference between basketball and football, baseball, and hockey is very simple. Basketball owners are smart enough to know it's a players' league, and they need the players yeah. because the yeah, players yeah. are. I, and I mean. Look at your boys, right? Like they yeah, are, yeah, they, you're true. Yeah. Like they're not Memphis Grizzlies fans; they're Jaw fans, or they're not uh, Rockets mm-hmm. or Suns fans; they're Chris Paul fans. Uh, I think the people that run and operate the NBA know that, right? In every yeah. other league, what's it about? Making yeah, as much it, money it, it, off the yeah. players as possible without any regard for the players. Yeah, that's you know, I think that's a great point. Where players yeah i think it's 100 percent right i think that's probably a huge factor why there's you know um you know the nba it is right it, it is all about the players and the, and the owners recognize that and they the league markets that and just even with their tv you know they know how to put the games on where, where you know that markets are stars. And we've talked about this before, like with, you know, different string, like Mike Trout and, you know, LeBron or whoever, pick any NBA star. Um, You see them, you, you feel like, you know, them, you buy their shoes, you buy their jerseys. You know, I don't know. Judd, I'm not, I'm not kidding this. I have a, you know, 18 year old and a 15 year old. I don't know that either one of them's ever seen Mike Trout play. Yeah. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. (laughs) 
Seriously, I don't think. Like, think about they're, us they're at eighteen. They're think, not baseball fans, anyways. But and yeah. I don't think they would sit down and watch a game. But I don't think they've ever sit down and watch Mike Trout play. And they think, know who he is. And think about us at at eighteen, oh, not yeah. not yeah. Ha- having seen Reggie Jackson play or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And, 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 heck, Judge, we didn't have the outlet to do it. I mean, there was no you know national TV or you know, we had the game of the week or whatever, but we didn't have ESPN and all these different. Instagram or whatever to watch, you know, right. watch a game. We still, yeah, but it's, it's, it, I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. And I think I mentioned to you, you think about who kids just do not get to see play in, in major league baseball right now. It's, you know, and now, you know, I wrote that column last Sunday about the, you know, Sinclair and streaming providers. Like imagine being a 13 year old kid now and, you, and you'd like, the twins or, you know, whoever, whatever market you're in, and you don't get to see him play because of a price, you know, a, a showdown over price and distribute uh, distribution. I mean, it just, I know these teams are going to lose fans, Judd. And young fans, very important yeah. fans. It's not, it's not guys our age, which would be a problem. I, I get that, but you are, I mean, baseball, which is hanging by a thread as far as desperately trying to get and needing young fans People that are 24, 25, Chip, are not going to say, I've got to get my twins fixed. I, I'll get cable back or something. No. They're, they're out. They're going to be out. And the, the quotes that you got from DSP in your column were mm-hmm. very, I thought, genuine and very, very well put about the concern. And I don't care whose fault this is. The twins are going to be hurt. Like it, so, it doesn't matter if it's oh, it's Sinclair's fault; they're the bad guy, or it's uh, Fox Sports, you know, it's it, or it's um, the the uh, streamers' fault, it's YouTube's fault. The team that's going to be hurt, or the person, the group is going to be hurt, is the Twins. Yeah, and and I think about I mentioned it in my columns, like you know, I grew up an hour forty minutes uh, north of Atlanta. My family couldn't go to Braves games. We went to one a year. I mean, we couldn't afford it. We were season ticket holders. Yeah. But because of TBS, you know, Murph was my guy. I love Murphy. Like, my, my, yeah. my, my boyhood idol. Like, all the all my buddies, like, we used to argue over who could be Murph when we were playing wiffle ball back. I mean, in the Braves. God love me when they're terrible. We watched them. Like, they became my team because you could watch them on TV night and every night. And it's the same thing now. With, that's, how, that's how fans become fans. You watch them on TV. I mean, how many people grow up as season ticket holders going to games a lot? Oh, and Probably they, a very small percentage. Yes. Right? Absolutely. A very small percentage. I mean, how many – People can't afford that. Yep. Um, so you become fans by watching it on TV, and then you take that away. It's like, well, how are they going to become fans then? They ain't listen to it on the radio, you know? I mean, so you're going to lose people that just check out. And, and Dave was right. He said, there's no better way to market your team, whatever sport it is, than TV. That's how you market your team. That's it, That's yes. One thing. Yeah. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's how you market your team. It's how you sell tickets. You know, if I'm a 25-year-old kid and it's a Wednesday or Thursday night chip and I flip on, you know, Fox Sports North and it's a good Twins game, I might say to my friends, let's go on Friday and grab some beers. It'll be expensive, but it's going to be fun, right? Like, this is is the most out-of-sight, out-of-mind thing that could happen because if they're not not available to people that stream, they are literally going to be – because those people also are not saying – you know what I really enjoy? Provis, who I think is a fantastic play-by-play guy, but they ain't flipping on the radio with him and Gladdy. No. no. And, 
you know, and Dave said, I don't think this is ending anytime soon. Nope. Um, he's right. But I, I guess he's, I guess these companies just, whether it's Sinclair or Hulu or whoever, whoever anybody wants to blame, I guess they just dig in their heels and say, screw it, we'll wait it out. But it's like, what are you winning by this? I mean, you're, this, this can't be good business practice. <laughs> you know? Well, I think part, part of it though, Chip is, is in their world, if they drop the streaming price for YouTube and those type of services, then the cable people and satellite are going to come back to them and say, hold on a second. Yeah. We want to pay the same, but it's all being done nationally. So they mm-hmm. don't care. So like the, the Minnesota twins, they don't give a damn. So it's not a local fight, and and there's no there's no local bureau of folks who who are going to say you know what man I tried to watch the Twins last night and I couldn't watch them and this is terrible. So this is literally being duped out at the highest level of corporate, um, and that and that's where the teams that have these contracts are in a real pickle because they they can call they can call you know Dave St. Peter can call Sinclair till he's blue in the face. He doesn't mean that much to them unless he is going to have a plan to take his business elsewhere. Then it becomes well, a problem. Yeah, well, when they ever get to a point where they do away with the regional sports networks and do what's the thing called, like uh, a la carte or their, their yeah, own like all, the, the, their uh, own networks? Well, not a la carte. You just say, okay, I, I want to pay twenty bucks and I get twins, and it's a direct to consumer. Is that what it's called? Direct to oh, direct to consumer. Yeah. Is that what yep. that is? Like yep. it's all, you know, you just yes. Whoever I don't know who produces it or whatever, but is that where we're going to end up? I think you're somehow you think. Yeah, I think at some point in time it's going to end end up there. The question for the teams becomes then though, um, are, are they still going to have affiliations with with regional sports networks, Chip? Because someone has to produce the content. Now the teams mm-hmm. can do it, but that's expensive. Like that costs a ton right there. And so the question becomes who who would pick up the ball as far as the production costs then and and run with it. The problem for baseball though, Chip, is I don't know that they have a ton of time for, for this to play out and be comfortable. Because, you know, if you're twenty two now and you're like, Hey, I can't watch baseball, I don't care. And now you're twenty seven and b- baseball's like, We're back. <laughs> I don't know that the 27-year-old at that point is going to say, oh, thank God I missed you. I think the majority are going to say, I survived fine without you, yes. and I will continue to. And so, like, that's where the Twins, what's going on now adversely impacts, obviously, the Wolves and the Wild. But I think it most adversely impacts the Twins because that summertime appointment programming where people mm-hmm. are going to find other things to do, and I don't know that baseball seductive enough to get people back. Well, I would hope that and think that at the highest level of baseball, they better be panicking over this because yeah. you know, I had multiple people tell me that you're looking at between a quarter to one third of lost viewership. Well, what company can sustain that, you know? Yep. And so if they're not panicking, they probably should be <laughs> because you're talking about a lot of, eyeballs that are not on your product that you and you already have a hard time selling your sport and so um i do you know i know people still want to blame the twins i don't know really what they're you know what they're supposed to do they're not at the negotiating table they can't i mean they can tell them as much like you said they can call them every day and still he's blue in the face but you can't make them drop the price um so i don't know but it's clearly um when i talked to him there's 
some anxiety about this for sure. Yeah, and, and I think the Twins contract with Sinclair here is up per, uh, pretty soon. And so that's okay. So that's going to become the next question then is because if you can't get on streaming by then and, and the twins go back to them, it's basically going to be a, a um, affirmation of what they're doing. Right. So yeah, it's three years from now. Yeah. But I, but here's the problem, Chipper. I don't know. And I mean, th- this is a different topic, but I don't know we're playing baseball in 2022 at all. Like I think well, this lockout yeah. or strike is going to be awful. Like I think it's going to be, well, be brutal. Good for baseball too. I know. I, it's so it's so sad because, in in my opinion, it is so screwed up. Um, but this is going. I I think because the last strike was what now ninety four. So we're, we're going on thirty years. Uh, because of that, I just really think we are in for we're in for what hockey had in two thousand four or five, which to me is a labor fight and also a rules of the game fight. I I think in baseball. If baseball's out for a significant time next summer, they better come back with some permanent new ideas like pitch clocks and things like that. Forget this yeah. exper- experimentation BS. You need to come back with things that are going to attract people. Well, they'll come back with what? Universal DH, the, maybe the pitch clock. I don't think they'll come back with robot umps, do you? I think well, that's a whole nother fight with with the uh, umpires association and you. Yeah, I don't. I think that would probably be. I don't know if that ever happened. To be honest with you, but um, and that might be too extreme. But I think you're right. There'll be. It'll look different in the way it's played. I think. Yeah, and I think unfortunately, because I probably do follow along the fall along the lines of traditionalist. Unfortunately, I think it needs to. I think it needs to. They need to take a long, hard look. Well. You know, the pace of play we've been talking about forever, but, I mean, when they do these things, they shave, what, seven minutes off a game or whatever, ten minutes? Is that really moving the, the needle that much, you know, on a game-by-game basis? I don't I don't know. But, um, I don't, you know, it's funny because don't the regional sports networks – I mean, like, the, the Twins – TV ratings are pretty darn strong, aren't they? Yes, typically they do well. And and when Heck they're winning, yeah. when they're winning, they draw. So I think they would look at it as like, well, we're actually doing pretty good, yep. you know. But you know, I, I when you look at the whole league and you just look at young uh, viewers and young kids being uh, into baseball, I think that's definitely on a decline. Yeah, and and the entire thing is, I don't know that there's a short-term fix here, but there definitely is a, a fix. Uh, hey, what what has been your opinion about what the Vikings have or have not done thus far? Because it, I think it's going to get solved, but I find it intriguing that as we record this podcast, the left side of the offensive line remains unaddressed. Well, um, so uh, Ben Gaffley, my colleague, I was just reading it today that the Anthony Barr contract actually gives them more money than it was originally thought publicly. Mm-hmm. So they're, I think he said they're at $10 million under the cap now. Yep. Um, and they'll get more under that with, with Rudolph's thing when he comes with books. But that his money will be used to sign the draft picks, I would assume. Um, so they – well, two things you still have to do. You're going to have to uh, redo Hunter's deal and – 
you got to get a left tackle, left guard, either one of those through the draft or through free agency. Um, you probably could still free up some money with if you redo Harrison Smith, right? So that yes. might get you even even more money. Extend him out, so, yes. Yeah, so um, rework his and you'll get more cap space. And I think I, I just assume that's going to go to a you know a left tackle and, and Hunter, and then your their defense definitely got better, right? I mean, we know this is going to be uh, markedly better with you know getting the guys back and then the then the signings that they have. Um, you know that that unit Zimmer got what he wanted. He's going to fix his defense, but they and that money has to go left tackle, and then you just what draft a left guard. That that's the plan first round. You got to take a left guard. I now. think they're gonna. I I actually think at left guard they're gonna sign this free agent from the Chargers, Forrest Lamp, who by the way against the run last year was absolutely or not against in run blocking was terrible and didn't have a good year. But it sounds Ooh. like their plan is to sign him at left guard, and then I don't know. I've, I've heard they might sign uh, once they free up more cap space to what you're talking about that they might try and sign a veteran. Left tackle, but there is, you know, there, there's a conversation with the amount of good left tackles available in the draft to take one first round. But but it still seems to me like starting with the Tomlinson, the Dalvin Tomlinson signing chipper, yeah. it still seems to me like I would have invested, since Pierce is going to come back and didn't play, I think yeah. I would have, instead of going with what's going to amount on first and second down to two nose tackles, if I was Rick, I think I would have told Mike, you know what, Mike, the, Tomlinson... I like him, but we're getting Pierce back. I'm going to invest what we saved uh, by jettisoning Riley Reef and put it back into the offensive line. Yeah, that would have been well, my opinion. Or really try to go in all. I mean, maybe they did, and it's got outbid on one of the rush ins. <clears throat> rush ins because I still think they need to. I think they did I that. Mean, me, I think you're right on that. Yes, they just struck out there. Um, yep. But I, I still think there's three spots they got to address: rush in, left tackle, left guard. Uh, you know. Those three, either through free agency or, or draft. Um, do you think is Reef going to get more money than they're willing to give, or do you think is he a possibility to come back if he he signed market and just oh he did he I'm signed sorry. he signed for he signed with the Bengals. Oh, he's being he moved to right tackle, and he, and I think that it's a guarantee of five million plus. I, I think he told well, he I, that, he? I think no, I think he told him to buzz off. I, I think that the, the well, he bust off because they could afford that. Well heck yeah. And the biggest mistake that they made with Reef Chip, the biggest was when they made the Ngakwe trade and went to him with a week before the season, right? And they told him, Riley, you can either find a job a week before the season or take our pay cut. And and then in some weird Vikings hubris fashion when he didn't play in that last Detroit game, so he didn't get the final million bucks of the bonus for playing time, they yeah. they gave it to him. It's being put on their 2021 cap, which I absolutely love, and he still told him to buzz off. Well, that's the thing. I, when he did that, I thought for sure he was coming back. You know, I, when I he, did too, when but he, I think that they thought, I think they thought, oh, it's a goodwill so gesture. When when I'm sure he said, hold on a second, I was due to what, make $11 million or something like yeah. that, and you screwed me. So yeah. I think he said, I'm gone, and he's going to go play right tackle for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Well, yeah, good for him. It's just I don't blame him either. Yeah, you hate, you know, a guy that's for it, but, but um, that's not, you know, for that kind of money, he they definitely could have brought him back here. Yeah, so I mean, I think you could probably get a rush in in the second round 
you know, that you feel like could be a starter. Um, spend the money on a left tackle in, you know, free agency or left guard. You know, the thing they haven't said publicly that maybe they feel like, all right, Cleveland's going to be our guy or removing Brian O'Neill there. They haven't made that nope. declaration public. So maybe right. they, they already have that plan internally. They know what they're doing there. That we just don't know about. But um, I just, you know, you, you, O'Neill is ascending as a right tackle. He's going to be one of the better right tackles in the league. Why don't you just leave that alone, you know, and, and try to get a left tackle who's, you know, that you know has played a position. And I assume, you know, O'Neill would be, you know, a quality player at left tackle too because he's he, he could figure it out. But um, I think I'd rather spend that money and try to go find – I don't know who's on the market right now, Judd, and what those costs, but I would – it feels like they they freed up money to do something here, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think they, they're going to target a, a a veteran left tackle who is past his prime, short term. They're, yeah, they're, Judd, I don't. Chipper, their whole thing, and I don't agree, so I'm I'm not defending it, but I'm saying, yeah. I think their whole thing is they they're trying to construct because. this team on defense <laughs> and that can compete. And I guess where they land and where I land as far as what's truly going to be competitive, and who knows, they they might be saying a playoff spot is sufficient because that might save jobs. Well, um, I think you will, but I don't. But I'm with you. I just don't. I don't like the feeling of this because I think there's moves that could be made for the future that would be far more constructive right now. I will say this: so it, let's let's say they you know they get Hunter his contract done and. And everybody's healthy and he's back, you know, where he was and, and all that. Yeah, that defense looks pretty good, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, that defense when you add Peterson and you get the two big guys up front and then you get Barr back and Hunter back and you would assume that the the second-year cornerbacks are going to, you know, benefit from having played all that time as a rookie and are going to be take a pretty good step forward. The defense looks pretty good. Um, but – Again, man, that offensive line. I mean, I don't think you can just patchwork it. You know, it, I don't. Yeah, I wish I, I wish they come out and say what they're going to do at left tackle. They're not going to, you know, play their hand. But, um, but I think, you know, if you're going to sign a left tackle, then I would take a, a left guard in the first round and plug him in there, and then you'd feel a little bit better about it. You know. Yeah, and I, I also think too. What you're saying here, where I agree completely, is if you gave I, Garrett Bradbury is bordering on a bust. Like he's not, mm-hmm. he's not there yet, but he's certainly, he's certainly in that way. He, yeah, and he's not a guy who looks like a good first round pick. I want to give Bradbury as strong a possible as guards because yes. I think 2021 is an absolutely key year for him. Um, and this is a franchise that's you know ordinarily had great centers. They've been fantastic there. So I want to give Garrett Bradbury every opportunity to succeed because if he has another really questionable season, I think we're going we're going to look at that as an absolutely brutal first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And just even all the I was talking to Collar last week and he's going through the sacks given up from the tackles and then up up the gut. And it was Up the gut's incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable yep. how many more they gave up up the gut, and so they, you know, they have to solidify the interior of that, and you know that's why I say if you can keep Cleveland at guard there, and I think he'll be, you know, better having you know this, that year, get a, you know, 
I don't think you can. I don't. They don't have enough money to get a free agent left tackle and left guard, right? No. And and, and so it's got to be one or the other. One's going to have to come from draft. One's going to have to come from free agency. I was well, L- Lamp would be cheap. Like they they don't have an, enough to get a really quality. And plus, I, I think they're all gone now. Uh, they don't have a chance to get a quality left guard. But Lamp would would be more of a veteran minimum type of acquisition. Yeah, but they yeah. can do that. I. I think it's what they're going to try and do, Chip. I think they're going to try and just piecemeal this thing together. But that defeats what you just what I know you it does. Out, you know, like, hey, what I want to do and what they're doing are two very separate things. I know. Well, that just shows Zimmer's getting his defense. <laughs> yeah, he is. I, and I, I will say this. Uh, it's, a, it's a year late, but I will say this, and I will defend it, and it's not because I believe he's going to be a great player, but I think it's exactly what this team lacked in 2020. Patrick Peterson... Yeah. I like that move a lot. I think I that that too. provides he's not and I've seen the tweets, you know, he's not the same and he's not the same. He's an oh, aging player. Yeah. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to provide stability to a secondary, especially at the corners, that completely lacked stability last season. Well, and you talked about hubris. That's what they had last year where they thought they'd be fine. Yep. Just, you know, get rid of the veterans and have a bunch of young guys and they'd, they'd figure it out. And they I think even Zimmer's acknowledged that he uh, overestimated or underestimated how, you know, the difficulty of that. And so um, I think, it's, yeah, I really like that move a lot. He'll be good for those guys and that secondary now. Um, are they still, you think, to still try to add a veteran minimum, minimum safety? Um, yeah, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm, that's fine with me. Hey, the thing about this is, is I, I think from 2019 to 2020, Anthony Harris's decline is as misunderstood as possible. Because, like, I see tweets about, well, he, he cashed it in, he wouldn't tackle, he sucked last year. Anthony Harris was the victim of that secondary in 2019 was not great, but it was mm-hmm. it, but it was okay, and you had veterans. And it gave him the ability to do what? To roam around and basically yeah. be a ball hawk, and he got six picks. He comes back last year, and he and Smith are basically, in my opinion, trying to do every last thing that they can to, to help those corners because they're all young. And Anthony Harris suffered from that because now he's out of position. Now he's making plays he shouldn't be trying to make. I, I don't think he stunk. I think it's the decline in the fundamentals of the defense from 2019 to 2020. Yeah, because I think to a lesser degree that happened to Harrison too. Yep. I mean, Agreed. he didn't look like the same guy, you know. Um, and I think. It was just so chaotic with all those guys and probably being in the wrong spot and trying to cover up for them and help them that it just it just wasn't you know it created all kinds of uh, dysfunction back there. But um, I think having those guys back in a year in it and then adding Peterson to it, I think it'll be more stability now, um, so you won't have to worry about it as much. Yeah, so I, I think it's more than that than than um, Harris. Just I don't think you. He doesn't strike me as a player that's just going to cash it in and no. rest because he got paid. That, that I would be stunned because he just doesn't seem like that type of player. I think it's more of the other stuff. Great stuff, Chip Scoggins. I'll talk to you next week, okay? All right, brother. All right. You. Take care. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. 
Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.